Well, open your Bibles with me tonight, if you would, to probably a passage I've probably preached from many times. And that is Isaiah chapter 28. Isaiah 28. First of the major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, major prophets, Isaiah, the first of it, 66 chapters. We're going to go to chapter 28, and we'll be reading tonight from verse, I'll tell you what, let's, let's start on verse 5. Isaiah 28, verse 5. In that day shall the Lord of hosts be for a crown of glory and for a diadem of beauty unto the residue of the people, and for a spirit of judgment to him that sits in judgment, and for strength to them that turn to battle to the gate. But they also have erred through wine, through strong drink, but they also have erred through wine and through strong drink are out of the way, and the priest and the prophet have erred through strong drink. They have swallowed up of wine. They are out of the way through strong drink. They err in vision. They stumble in judgment. For all the tables are full of vomit and filthiness, so that there is no place clean. Whom shall he teach knowledge? Whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people to whom he said, This is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. But the word of the Lord was unto them, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here little and there little, that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and taken. Heavenly Father, thank you, Almighty God, for the opportunity, Lord, to preach your word, Father. And I pray for the next few minutes, O oh God, that your Holy Spirit would lead me and guide me in steps, O oh God. Help me, Almighty God, to be able to follow after you, O oh God, and to, to speak the words that you have desired for this congregation to hear, Father. Lord, let your kingdom come and your will be done, Lord God, that everything might be done unto the glory of God the Father through Jesus Christ the Son, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we thank you for it tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> the nation of Israel at this particular time was in a little bit of a bind. As you can tell by reading up here about their, their prophets and their priests and things, they were stumbling in judgment and they've erred through strong drink and they swallowed up wine and they're out of the way and they err in vision and they stumble in judgment. And, and a lot of times what you find if you're not careful is you find that, that you can get caught up in the things that are going on around you and you can lose sight of what God's doing. You can get caught up in the politics of the day. You can get caught up in the economy of the day. You can get caught up in the latest news of the day. You can get caught up in the latest trends of the day. You can get caught up in the latest facts of the day. And you can get so caught up in what's going on in the world that you see that you lose touch of the reality of what God's doing. But we're not of this world. We're of another world. 
We're not of this world. We're of another world because we've changed relationships. Whenever we were saved, we, 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 we moved from this world to another world. But if you're not careful, you can get caught up in the religious things of the day. Because what are the religious things of the day? Big churches. Big groups. The first question, if you go to a minister's meeting, the first question, if you're a pastor, you usually ask is, how many are you running? How many you got? Uh, Brother Wayne used to say, I've got a thousand, but I only got a hundred of them hold up right now. <laughs> no, he, how'd he say it? I'm running a thousand, but I've only got a hundred, uh, 200 of them in the corral. That's what he would say. I'm running a thousand, but I only got 200 of them corralled up. Because we can, be, we can get so drunk, we can get so drunk on things like numbers and things like music and things that are, appear to be very religious, but they're nothing more than just getting caught up in the fads of what today is. And if we're not careful, we can get drunk on the wine that makes religion move today. Religion is driven by so many different things, music, worship, so many things drive the church today, but how many of them are really substantial when we're talking about following Jesus? One of the trends, I don't, I don't know how I got off on this. I didn't plan on this, but we'll just follow it out and see where it goes. One of the trends that we're doing today, and I'm not saying it's a bad trend. I'm just saying it's a trend. And one of the trends that we have is that we pay, we pay money to go to concerts to let somebody lead us in worship for an hour. And I said, Mike Tanton could make a lot of money if he charged $20 a head every week because the things they're doing, I don't see any different than the things we do. But, but we've got big names now. Don't shout me down when I'm in, when I'm in dangerous territory. We've got big names now of people that write songs that everybody likes. And these big names go around and have concerts and we all go and we all worship and we soak in the presence of the Lord, and then we leave. And I want to tell you something. That's, that's, that's not bad. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. That's good. But, but I want to tell you something. Whenever we come together, why, why are we coming together? Shouldn't we be coming together not only to worship and to be in the presence of the Lord, but he said that the gospel goes forth by the foolishness of preaching. If we're going to have a time when we come together to worship the Lord, that's good, that's great, that's wonderful. But we should have a time when a sermon goes forth. We should have an altar call. We should have an opportunity for people to draw closer to God rather than just coming and seeing a, a, a concert for 30 minutes or an hour and leaving out of there. I'm telling you, if we, if we, if we think that somehow that's, that's promoting the kingdom of God, I almost think we're fooling ourselves. I, I, anyway, let's, let's put that on the table there. Slide that over there and get back over here. Be because you can get drunk on that stuff. You can, get, you can think that, that's, that that's, that's all there is to it. And it's wonderful to be in the presence of the Lord and it's wonderful to worship. And I'm not saying bad things about it. I'm just saying that we can get caught up in that and think that that's all there is to it. And that's not all there is to it. This guy, this, this prophet, this guy, Isaiah, this guy, 
He said this. He says the tables are full of vomit and filthiness and there's no place clean. Because you can take some... Move, let's move on. No, I'm not going to move on. You can take this somebody that's caught up in the horribleness of sin and send them to a praise concert like that and they can feel the Holy Spirit on them and they can feel better about their situation and they can think everything's good because they feel God and they leave out of there never changing their lifestyle somehow thinking that because they felt the presence of God that God's condoned it. I, 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 let me just, well, as long as I'm here, let's go ahead and keep going. Let's don't stop now. Because it's the foolishness of preaching. It's the preaching of the Word of God that brings conviction to a soul. It's, 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 coming, it's coming and letting the Holy Spirit begin to deal with hearts as the preacher stands and presents the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's, it's wonderful to go to a concert. It's wonderful to feel the presence of God. It's wonderful to be moved upon by the Holy Spirit. But if that moving doesn't cause a life change, then it was nothing more than a good time had by all. But it didn't change your soul. So it's of little worth in the kingdom of God. And I'm not trying to be ugly. And I'm not trying to say it's not good. I'm just saying that if we get to the feeling that we think that if we go to this, that that's all there is to it, I'm telling you, anybody can get, can get moved upon by the Holy Spirit, but it takes more than that to move your soul. My God. There's been lots of people that have felt the presence of God. You know, you, 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 can, you can take somebody that's, in the, in the depths of the world, depths of the world that's, that's, that's doing abominable things and bring them into a worship service and I'm telling you, they can feel better about themselves because when the presence of the Lord begins to descend into the room, Saul, I, I, I'm sorry, I, didn't, I meant to be on further down, but I just can't seem to get away from this. Saul had the presence of the Lord left him. It left him to the point that God told Samuel, don't pray for him no more. That's how far God had left Saul. And when the evil spirit came to trouble Saul, what did he do? He called for a spirit-filled singer. David, come play me a song, David. And David would come in there and start playing on his on his harp or whatever it was he played on and he began to play on that thing and the spirit of the Lord would enter that room and it would drive that spirit out and it would settle down Saul. He would start feeling pretty good about himself again. He wasn't near as concerned about the fact that God had left him. He wasn't near as concerned about it. Why? Because the spirit of the Lord had entered the room and all of that dark, when you turn on the light, the darkness goes off. When you turn on the light, the roaches start to run. And if your name's Roach, I didn't, I'm not talking about you. When you turn on the light, the roaches, when you turn on the light, things get better. When you turn on the light, the shadows aren't scary anymore. When you turn on the light, everything's different. And whenever the, Saul would bring David in there and he would start playing, the light would come on and suddenly Saul felt better about himself even though he wasn't anywhere near God. 
And if we're not careful, we can begin to think that somehow that's, 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 uh, that's all we've got to do is just get people in the presence of God. But I'm telling you, that's true. You have to get the atmosphere there. You have to get the presence of the Lord there. But there's got to be some stuff that goes on that moves on men's hearts and convicts their souls. On the day of Pentecost, there were 3,000 saved. They weren't saved because Peter had a guitar and knew how to lead worship. And I'm all for leading worship, and I'm all for worship, and I'm all for that. But they got saved that day because the Holy Spirit moved in their souls, and they began to say, what must we do to be saved? Hallelujah. Don't get drunk on what the, what the religious world says today is what we ought to be doing. But, but instead, let's, let's move on down the page now, get out of that. Instead, he says, whom shall he teach knowledge? Who's going to be the one in this place tonight that begins to understand what God's doing in this hour? Who's going to be the one in this place tonight who suddenly begins to, to see what God's will is? Who's going to be the one in this place tonight who begins to understand what God is doing in this moment, in this hour? Who's going to be the one tonight that understands and begins to see how close the coming of the Lord is? I'm telling you, this AI stuff they're talking about is nothing more than a fulfillment of the book of the Revelation. It's, it, it's just one step closer to the time of the Antichrist. Who's going to be the one that understands that? Who's going to be the one that begins to see that? It's not going to be, did you hear me? It's not going to be the one who is not weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. The one who is still just looking for some kind of hype, looking for some kind of something. The one who thinks that, that going to church is, is enough. The one who says, well, I asked the Lord into my heart at 8 o'clock. <laughs> eight years old, eight years old. And now I've just come to church for the last 45 years and I haven't grown in the Lord and I still don't read my Bible and I still don't pray regular. But buddy, nine o'clock Sunday morning, I'm in that Sunday school class and I've got a lot of comments that I need to tell that teacher because I'm deep, buddy. <laughs> I've been going to church a long time. I've, I know a lot about it. That's, that's, that's not drunk. Paul told the church of Corinth, I can't tell you very much because you have need of milk. You're not ready for any strong meat. You got, you got need of milk. It's, it's the one that's drawn from the breast, weaned from the milk. That's the one that's going to begin to understand the times and the seasons. That's the one that's going to begin to understand what God is doing and what God is saying. That's the one that's going to begin to understand what's going on around us. That's the one that's going to begin to look at, up toward the heavens to know that Jesus Christ is coming. That's the one that whenever he prays for the sick, expects God to heal them because he understands what God is doing. That's the one who has a vision of God that's big enough that he can begin to see God do great and mighty things. Why? Because his God gets bigger and bigger every day. I get smaller and smaller. He should be getting bigger and bigger, the one that begins to see and know what God is doing is the one that is weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast for precept must be upon precept and line upon line, here a little and there a little. Hallelujah. That tells me that I should be growing in God. 
That tells me that I should be understanding more about God. That tells me that my faith should be growing. My hope should be growing. My love for God should be growing. It tells me that I should be doing something more than just showing up. Because with stammering licks in another tongue, will he speak to this people? This is where I've been trying to get for the whole service. Stammering lips in another tongue, will he speak to this people? And I want to tell you tonight that the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and when you get filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there will be speaking in other tongues. That is the initial physical evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Told you this before. But when we baptize somebody in water, the initial physical evidence is that they got wet. Right. If they didn't get wet, they didn't get baptized. Did I go too fast? Oh, you got that? Okay. Nobody nodded, so I want to make sure. The initial physical evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is you're going to speak in other tongues. And you may think, well, well that's not necessary for salvation. It's, it's true. Jesus' blood saved me. Jesus' resurrection, it justified me. It put me into the body of, of Christ, put me into the body of God. But, but why did he put me there? Why did Jesus save me? And, and, and why did God put me into the body? Why did he redeem me? Why did he do that? Just so I can feel good about it? Just so I can come to church? Just so I can, I can, I can, I can enjoy the presence of the Lord? He, he, he did that. He told the disciples what? Tarry in Jerusalem until you be endowed with spirit, from, with power from on high. That power that he's talking about is the power of the Holy Spirit that works in my life. I'm going to tell you, there's nothing more boring, nothing more dry, and nothing more dull than religion. You can't live it. You can't never be good enough for it. Every week you got to come down and get saved again can't overcome anything, can't be better than anything. You don't understand the love of God because you're trying to attain something that's not attainable. The Jews in the Old Testament had 10 commandments. All they had was 10, 10 commandments and 604 other things, but 10 commandments. And the Jews couldn't even do the first one. They were, worse. They were steeped in idolatry all the time. They couldn't obey those laws. They couldn't do all of those feasts. They couldn't take care of all those sacrifices. They could not obey the law. They couldn't do it. But I'm telling you, in the 21st century, we've got, we've got a helper. <laughs> Woo, we got a helper. We've got a paraclete. We've got a comforter who works with me because of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Oh, it's the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within me that makes my religion exciting. Hallelujah. <laughs> It's the power of the Holy Spirit that keeps my religion moving forward. It's the power of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues that moves me into a place of rest. It's the power of the Holy Ghost that changes it from being a religious exercise to being an adventure that I walk every day serving the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, this, this doesn't get boring to me. This doesn't get boring to me. They're following, reading this Bible is not boring to me because every time I read it, I see something different that God wanted to show me. 
I see some parallel that God is building. I see some relationship that I never caught before that I suddenly catch. I see a word, one word that the, Lord, that the Holy Spirit illuminates and I go and I re research that word and I find out the beauty of what God is saying. Oh, this book is alive. It's well. It's, 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 it's relevant. It moves in my soul. It burns my spirit. It excites me. Why? Because the Holy Spirit opens it up to me. The Holy Spirit reveals it to me. The Holy Spirit keeps it exciting. He's moving in my soul. He moves in my heart. He moves in my feet. He moves in my spirit. And he causes me to worship and to love the Lord with all my heart, all my mind, all my soul. He transforms me. He, my God, he transforms me from death unto life, glory to God. Without the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, I'm, I know you can be saved without it, but without the Holy Spirit, a lot of times religion becomes boring. Your life with Christ becomes monotonous, but the Holy Ghost, my God. The Holy Ghost keeps it exciting. You know, I tried to preach without hollering. I tried to do that. I tried to preach by just standing behind this pulpit. I've tried that. I've tried a lot of things to, to try to maybe not be offensive to some people who think that I should be so loud or I'm too demonstrative or whatever the complaint is. I don't know. I, I don't hear it from y'all, but, but I've been told it before. So I've tried to be calmer. Have you ever taken a bottle of Coke and... shaking it up and then handed it to somebody and watch them open it. Well, that gives you some idea what's going on within me whenever I'm up here preaching. I feel like the Holy Spirit is shaking and stirring something inside of me. I feel like the Holy Spirit has, has put something that burns in my soul. I feel like the Holy Spirit it's given me divine wisdom and divine anointing and divine words and things to speak that I don't, that sometimes I don't understand. God's given me scriptures before to preach from. And when I started preaching from them, I was amazed. When I got through, I said, oh, that's what that means. Okay. I didn't know going into it. Why? Because the Holy Spirit reveals the word of God. He's here for righteousness. You want to know how to live a more righteous life? Get the power of the Holy Spirit burning in your soul. You'll begin to change things in your spirit. You'll begin to cirque out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You'll start being a different man, a different woman. Oh, you may falter and fall. You, may, you might, but whenever you do, we have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus the righteous. I still got the power of the Holy Ghost that's in my soul, and I know that when I, my God, I'm telling you, whenever, whenever I repent and I feel that Holy Spirit come back in my, my life. I feel, I feel that repentance. I feel that Holy Spirit as he gives peace to me and tells me that it is well with my soul. I'm telling you there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. <laughs> I've heard people say well you know that Holy Spirit that's optional. You don't have to have it in order to go to heaven. And I'm saying I don't want to, I wouldn't want to not have it and have to live on earth. I got to live on earth before I get to heaven. I got to live here. And I'm telling you, there's nothing sweeter 
There's nothing sweeter than to have my mind troubled. He says there that this is the rest wherewith the weary will rest. Doesn't he say that right about another verse down? This is the rest wherewith the weary will rest. There ain't nothing better than to have my mind troubled, my spirit troubled, everything about me troubled. I'm not a brave man. Sometimes my bravery, my bravery gets more like, like yellow. Because I, I just that's that's my natural personality. My natural thing is to is to not be confrontational at all. I don't want to be confront. That's me. That's me in my natural sense. I don't want to be confrontational. I don't want to cause any trouble. I just want everybody to sing another song and get along. I don't want to have any problems. I just want I just want everything to go good. But I'm telling you, sometimes there's nothing better than to have all that going on inside of me and to find me a prayer closet somewhere, maybe at this altar, maybe up in Sister Pam's room, somewhere in this building, finding me a prayer closet or maybe at my house in my office and getting in there and begin to call out to God and feel a prayer wheel turn and then begin to feel a fire burning and I may have went in there cowardly wondering what's going to happen being concerned with it but buddy I can come out of there bold as a lion <laughs> because I've been inhabited by the lion of the tribe of Judah hallelujah and that Holy Spirit has given me strength and given me anointing and given me ability and given me the will to go on hallelujah <sighs> hallelujah Hallelujah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just not a quiet church kind of person. Just not. Some people are, and praise God for them. I'm th praise God for those kind of churches. I'm, I'm glad for them. If that's where you can go and get ministered to, then that's wonderful. But I'm going to tell you, that's just not me. It's just not me. I, 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 I find the, in verse 12, he says, this is the refreshing this is the refreshing. This is the refreshing. We were out at First Assembly one time. We were digging an electric line out there to power the sign that was at the highway. And, and they, there, was a, there was a water line across that, across that property right there. And so we couldn't come in there with just a backhoe and just start digging. We were having to dig it with a shovel. And so we... We went out there and we were digging and it was hot and I was sweating and I was out there with a guy named Henry Petrie. You remember Henry Petrie? I was out there with Henry Petrie and uh, there was about three of us out there digging and man, I was, I was so hot and he leaned on that shovel and there was a breeze that came through there. I didn't even notice it to be honest with you. I was too busy complaining about how hot I was. But Henry stopped me. He said, you feel that cool breeze? I said, I do. He says, that's the Holy Spirit telling us to keep digging. That's the refreshing. We're with the weary can be refreshed. Sometimes it's, it's hard to keep coming to church. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's difficult to keep calling those things as not as though they were. Sometimes it's hard to keep believing that God's for you and not against you. Sometimes it's hard to keep moving forward and serving the Lord. Sometimes it's difficult to keep pressing on whenever situation looks bad, but I want to let you know that if you can find you a place <laughs> woo, and, and you can begin to lay before the Lord and allow the power of the Holy Spirit 
to begin to revitalize you and refresh you. You'll come out of there with a changed attitude. You'll come out of there with a modified direction. You'll come out of there thinking that, that, you, can, that you can 10 foot tall and made of steel. Why? Because you are. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. No demon, hallelujah, no devil, no voice of the enemy can penetrate the power of the Holy Spirit that's burning within your soul. And I'm telling you, when you get out there and you begin to pray for the sick, you're no longer concerned about what your prayer sounds like because you know good and well that your prayer doesn't have anything to do with it. It's all in the power of God and all you really got to say is Jesus, heal them in Jesus' name and that will be sufficient because it's him that does the, does, does the healing anyway. It's a refreshing. It's a moment when your spirit is revitalized. It keeps you walking forward in God whenever you're ready to quit. It keeps you walking forward in God whenever the times are hard, when your prayers don't seem to be getting answered, when nothing seems to be working, when everything's difficult. Jeremiah said, because every time I open my mouth, I get put in jail or I get spit on or I get cursed or, or I get put in a, in a dungeon because every time I say something, everybody's against me. I'm just going to quit talking. I'm just not going to say anything else. I'm just going to be silent before the Lord and just live the best I can as, as being a quiet prophet. But the Lord told him that he was going to be a speaker and in Jeremiah chapter 20, he said, I tried to not talk, but I could not forbear. Why? It was a fire shut up in his bones. My God. Some of us need a little fire in our bones. Some of us need a little fire in our, in our countenance to where when the enemy comes in like a flood, we lift up a standard against him. And that comes through the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he teaches us. He teaches us how to war. He teaches us how to fight. He teaches us about authority. He teaches us about power. He opens the word of God to us. He ministers to our souls. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is the thing that we need to be baptized with, with a baptism of fire. I'm, I'm going to tell you, I don't know how long I've been going, but I'm going to tell you, that you'll get a lot more concerned about the people you work with and their spiritual salvation if you get full of the Holy Spirit. You'll get a lot more concerned about, you'll see people a lot different. Peter, before the power of the Holy Spirit, couldn't even stand up to a little damsel girl. A little girl opened the door for him and said, aren't you one of his? No, not me. He went over there to warm himself around a fire and somebody said, didn't I see you in the garden? No, you didn't see me. He began to curse and, and black. He denied Jesus while Jesus was sitting there looking at him. While Jesus was watching him, he denied Christ looking at him. But after he got full of the Holy Spirit, he stood up on the day of Pentecost and said, these men aren't drunk with wine as you suppose, but this is that. This is that. Some of us need a little this is that. Some of us need a little this is that. I worked out at the paper mill for nine years. Nine years. And they had a saying out there. Um, if something wasn't exactly right, then, and, and, the, and the company didn't want to fix it, they would say, that's fine with me because I have a modified Temple Inland attitude, which means I don't care. 
Whatever you want to do is fine with me because I've got a modified temple inland attitude. If you want to run it till it breaks, you go ahead and run it till it breaks. And I'll, and I'll just sit here and let you do it because I've got a modified temple inland attitude. And, and I just want to tell you that sometimes, Danny's smiling. <laughs> you, ever heard, you probably hadn't heard that. But anyway, sometimes we need to have a modified attitude because our religious attitude gets stinky. It gets to where we just don't seem to care. We come to church, but church seems to be the same week after week. And I'm going to tell you, in closing, I think, I'm just going to tell you that whenever you're full of the Holy Spirit, whenever you're full of the power of God, when you know the Lord and you felt the prayer wheel turning and you feel the fire burning and you, you understand that precept upon precept, line upon line, here little and there little, it's the rest, it's the refreshing. And whenever you're rested and refreshed in the power of God, then it's not going to matter if Brother Mike gets up here and sings, Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons have Father Abraham. I am one of them and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord right on. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord left arm. Father Abraham had many sons. You get my point? It doesn't matter if that's the song he's leading. If the power of the Holy Spirit is burning in your soul, then you're going to find somewhere to worship in that. You're going to say, praise God. I am one of them. I am one of them. This is that spoken up by the prophet Joel. In the last days, he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Your young men will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Upon his handmaidens and upon his servants will he pour out his Holy Spirit. That means everybody. Everybody is available. And all I want to tell you tonight is if you're not full of the Spirit, if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you haven't been baptized, or maybe it's been a really long time since you had the Holy Spirit move upon you, then I want to let you know I've come here tonight to see you filled and saved, and filled and ready to go out tomorrow to face the world. Mm, hallelujah. Stand with me tonight if you would. I'm going to ask you tonight, if you've, if you've never been filled with the Spirit, if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you're saved, then you're eligible to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, or maybe it's been a long time since you prayed in the Spirit, since the Holy Spirit's moved upon your soul, if that's the case with you tonight, then I'm going to ask you to, to come down. Anybody here tonight need to be filled or refilled with the Holy Spirit? Anybody? <clears throat> Hallelujah. Need to be filled or refilled with the Holy Spirit? 
never been sealed. Anybody else tonight? Maybe you need to be refilled. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't just hang around. You have to fill that cup back up. Anybody else tonight need to be filled or refilled with the Holy Spirit? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If church has become dead and dry to you, then you need to be refilled. You need to be filled. If church has become boring, you can miss it and not care. I'm not talking about missing on vacation. I'm talking about if you could sit at home with your feet propped up and don't really care that you missed it, then you, you need something to move your soul again. Anybody else? Don't you love dramatic pauses? Anybody else tonight? I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. All right, then I'm going to ask some of you guys to come down. Some of you ladies come down. Guys to come down. And if you're down here, I'm not trying to get you to speak in tongues. I'm just trying to get you to be filled with the Spirit. So, amen. All right, here we go. Amen. I know we normally have music for this, but we're just going to do it like this. Amen. So if you're here, just lift your hands this way. And let's just begin to ask the Lord to move in this place and let the Holy Spirit fall.
such small sacrifice And I'm drawing with my life I sing in vain tonight May the words I say And the things I do Make my life so
You are. 